So we, we made it. Uh, we made it to the end of 2016. And uh, of course, everything's going to be peachy from now on, isn't it? Anyone really believe that, seriously? <laughs> Um, it's all right. 2017 has come to save us all um, from 2016. Terrible person that it was. Somebody, um, somebody uh, said, I heard, uh, said this of 2016. If 2016 was a person, I'd sue him for pain and damages and suffering and wages lost. Um, it's been a strange thing to watch people personify a year, isn't it? Like it's the bully at school or the tax man or something um, that somehow this person has attacked us for the last uh, 12 months. But we, many people are breathing a sigh of relief as they enter 2017, that finally this terrible year uh, has come to an end. It's been interesting to listen to the rhetoric that people have used on things like Facebook, and I apologize if you've used it. Uh, I'm not having a go at you. But it's interesting just how personal uh, people have felt um, what's happened, some of the things that have happened in this year. One person wrote, just leave us alone, 2016. Um, Why 2016 are you taking so many legends from us? I thought I'm still here. Anyway, um, somebody else wrote, I'm done with this year. And one of my friends rather succinctly put it, 2016 can just do one. Um, There we are. I don't know what that means, by the way. Um, Of course, there does seem to have been a lot of people that have died this year. A lot of celebrities appear to have passed away. And it would be easy for us to gloss over um, the emotional reactions of People that have agreed to people like Carrie Fisher or Prince or Bowie over the last 12 months. Uh, but it's important that we remember this year, uh, this morning, should I say, that the very living God that made every single one of us grieves the loss, not just of the celebrities that have died, but the many unknown human beings that have been killed in places like Syria and Turkey and right across the world. Women and children uh, and men who are just numbers on our screens and who don't get endless flowing celebrity obituaries. God remembers them and we must remember them as well we must be as worked up and as exercised by their deaths as we are about someone who may have been in a film that we liked Uh, 2016 has taught us uh, two very important things things that we knew already um, but life reminds us of and the first is that life is fragile Um, if you're in any illusion before 2016 that life is fragile you know for definite by the end of it that life is fragile and 2016 has reminded us very directly that our world is changing Uh, that what we took for granted have taken for granted for many years is now shifting in a way that perhaps has not shifted for a long time 2017 is going to see major US and EU change just to name two, there's many other parts of the world apart from the US and the EU. We seem to forget that as well sometimes. There's Africa, there's the Far East, there's Australia. All countries are going through big change. And so a lot of people are frightened this morning. A lot of people have had their fragile sense of confidence knocked severely by what's happened across 2016. So they look worryingly with trepidation at what 2017 is actually going to bring. They did a study in 1960 of the things that children feared. And in 1960, apparently, children feared things like animals, darkness, heights, strangers, and loud noises. That's pretty much my list still at 38, but there we are. Um, By 1998, however, studies show that children actually feared divorce, nuclear war, cancer, and pollution, and being mugged. Today, perhaps they fear political change, terrorism, 
economic instability. Our fears just seem to be added to every year, don't they? Okay. One summer night, there was a severe storm. That was a joke, by the way. Please feel free to laugh. It's very, I know it's New Year's Day and you're all tired, um, but it would do me a lot of favours if you laughed. Um, I didn't make it up, so if it's just laugh for me rather than the joke. Anyway, uh, during a severe storm one night, a mum was tucking her small son into bed. She was about to turn the light off when he asked in a trembling voice, Mummy, will you stay with me all night? The mum gave him a tender, reassuring hug and said, I can't, dear. I have to sleep in Daddy's room. And after a long silence, a broken, shaky voice whispered, The big sissy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there were two, this one isn't so funny, but never mind. Um, there were two explorers on a jungle safari when suddenly a ferocious lion uh, roared up uh, in front of both of them. And they both stood still in terror. One first, the first explorer whispered to the second, Keep calm. Remember that book that we read on wild animals. And it says in that book, doesn't it, if you keep perfectly still and stare the lion in the eye, he will turn and run. The second explorer whispered to the first, okay, he said, you've read the book and I've read the book, but how do you know the lion's read the book? (laughs) Fortunately, when it comes to fear, this is what we call a seamless link, there is a book that everybody can read. And fear itself knows what's in this book, the devil himself. There is a book that tells us how to live in a fragile world. There is a book that tells you everything you need to know in how to survive 2017 and 18 and 19 and 20, or however long you've got left on this earth. And this book tells us to do one very important thing, to meditate on the word and the words of God. To mean, take the words in this book, the commands of God, read them, ponder them, remember them, memorize them, meditate on them, trust in them. We must meditate on the word of God over and over and over so that we have a foundation to stand upon in times of trouble. In Psalm 119, verse 27 to 28, we read these words. Cause me to understand the way of your precepts, that I may meditate on your wonderful deeds. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me and teach me your law. And then in verse 49 to 50, it goes on to say this. Remember your word to your servant, for you have given me hope. My comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. The Bible tells us that the Bible is the source of our hope because in it is the words of life, the words of the living God, the King of kings. Only those who know the word of God back to front can be the strong and only the strong can save the weak. Only the found can find the lost and only the fed can feed the hungry. And the word of God does those three things shows us who he is, feeds our weary soul, and gives us hope. Strength, courage, and boldness and self-confidence begin when we anchor our hearts in the truth. And Hebrews chapter 6 describes Jesus as an anchor, our hope in Christ as an anchor for our soul. Faith in Jesus is our anchor. His words are our firm foundation, and he is the only way we're going to get through 2017 and help 
other people. So let me give you a psalm uh, to meditate upon when you get home uh, and perhaps for the rest of this year if you want to. Psalm 46, Mark's already read it to us. It's a psalm with a great message and I'll read it again to you. It says, God is our refuge, literally place of trust. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. That river signifies the favor of God. There's favor for those who are frightened, for those who are in danger. The favor makes glad the city of God. The holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. The break of day is the time when a city will be most insecure. He will help her at most vulnerable moments. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted among the earth. Psalm 46 is a song sung by God's people in the Old Testament, sung as a reminder that when they were in trouble, God had the power to rescue them, sung because they knew that God had rescued them over and over and over And actually, it contains the most repeated command in all of the Bible. Not a command to be holy, not a command to even love God. The command most repeated in the Bible is to not fear. I didn't really fully realize that until this week. The most repeated command in the Bible is to not fear, is to not be frightened. All the other commands teach you how, show you how, but the most repeated command is to not fear. It says at the beginning, doesn't it? Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way. Across the whole of the Bible, God was saying over and over and over, do not fear. Natural disasters, wars, attacks, poverty, uncertainty, famine, whatever his people might face from the beginning to the very end, his command over and over was do not be frightened. Psalm 46 lists some of the things that people uh, cause people to be scared. The earth giving way, mountains falling into the heart of the sea. It talks about the waters foaming, the mountains quaking. It talks about all these things. All these things bring fear. But what it does over in the, uh, very well in this psalm is tell us not to be frightened. Um, I'm going to be technical just for a second because this psalm actually is a piece of literary genius. You may not realize that to read it for the first time. It's actually got a a very special structure called a chiastic structure. I know it's New Year's Day. I should have done this next week. Um, Do you know what that is? It means that this psalm is shaped like an arrow point. Dave's going to put a thing on. There there we are. Now look at that. It means that verse 1 and verse 11 kind of say the similar things. And verse Verse 2 to 5 and verse 10 also kind of say similar things. And then verse 6 and verse 8 and 9 kind of say similar things. And they're both leading the reader to a central verse, a central truth that hangs everything together. That command to not fear, even though the earth gives way, 
is pointed to, this central verse in verse 7. So why is God, why can God's people not be frightened despite anything that goes on? Verse 7 is the truth that hangs it all on. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. That is the central truth. That is the arrow point. That is the point that this psalm is pointing towards, pointing at. You do not need to be frightened because God is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress or our strength or our place of safety. It is that middle truth, that point of the arrow, pointing at that truth. For Israel, for the Old Testament people before Jesus, when they had a temple, that literally was true. Um, in the Old Testament, they worshipped God via a temple. And in the middle of that temple, they had a place called the Most Holy, the holy Place. And in the, in the room next to that, it was called the Most Holy Place. In the Most Holy Place was where God's very presence dwelt. God literally was with his people in the most holy room in the temple, in the most holy place. And for Israel, when they were obedient to God, his presence stayed in that room, in the center of the temple, in the center of the city. And when God's presence was in the center of their city, they were indestructible. If you read the Old Testament, you know that when their enemies came against them and when they were strong and obedient in the things of God, they were indestructible. It's only when they disobeyed God and his presence left them that they became vulnerable. And so for us as Christians, kind of internalizing, personalizing that, we are called temples of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament if you're a Christian. We're called um, with a place where God's Spirit dwells. His Spirit dwells within us, at the center of us. So verse 7 of Psalm 46 for the Christian means that God is with us, literally within us, by the power of his Holy Spirit. So even if our earthly possessions are robbed of us, even if our, our bodies waste away, even if we die, our soul is strong because God is within us and he is our fortress. We can stand firm in 2017 because who, he who is within us is stronger than that which may come against us. My aunt um, passed away on Boxing Day um, I'm not telling you that for any sort of public display of um, wanting sympathy particularly. Um, she wanted to die. Um, I only mention her because I have mentioned her um, over the, over the uh, few months leading up to her death. She'd been here for four years. The reason I mention uh, Mavis, my aunt, is because her and my uncle are an amazing example of verse 7 of Psalm 46. As Mavis, uh, her body bore the brunt of cancer, uh, and it slowly, very slowly, frustratingly slowly took her life um, right up to Boxing Day this year. Um, never once was she scared. She was frustrated. Um, she wondered why it was taking so long. But never once was Mavis frightened of what happened to her. In fact, she had a joy in Jesus, even at her own death, because she knew she was going home. And if anybody embodies verse 7 of Psalm 46, it would be my aunt. The God Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. He was her fortress. He was her strength. He was her hope. And she feared not right up until the final seconds. And now she is home at last. And this can be your reality every single day from now on.
It is just faith in Christ Jesus, his death and his resurrection that you need because then you'll be filled with the presence of God inside. So no longer will you rely on your strength, but you will rest on the strength of the King of Kings. And that strength lasts even up to death itself. And so as we begin 2017, we must do one thing. If we want to make a difference to those who have no hope, we must meditate on the words in this book. We must remember them. We must trust in them, in the words of God's Bible. Because there is an anchor for lost people. There is an anchor for people to cling to, an anchor for the soul. But if the children of the king don't know about it or hang on to it, how can we save anybody else? If we're frightened of a year, how can we tell anybody else to fear not? And so we must take verse 7 of Psalm 46 into a terrified world and declare to them, fear not. We must follow God's example and say fear not over and over and over again until people listen. And when they say to us, how can I not fear? Don't you see what's going on? We must explain to them that when God is within you, you know your soul is anchored. That when you know that death has lost its sting, when you know the end from the beginning, when you follow the Alpha and the Omega, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, when you read his word and know his plan, when you know his son who took your sin, evil and darkness and rose from the dead, and when you know that he will return to make all things new, then you know there is nothing to be frightened of. This year, The church must be louder with the message, fear not. We must stop being the ones who are scared and start being the ones who have the answer to fear, which is to meditate on God's word and follow his son, Jesus Christ. Shall we pray? Father God, we just want to lift up, Lord, these thoughts to you this morning. Lord, as we start a new, a new day, Lord, we know we can almost hear the sounds of people burying their head in the sand. Lord, making the same promises they made last year. Lord, building up the same false confidence that failed them last year. Believing that just maybe if we turn the news off or don't read the newspaper, that Lord, maybe it'll be all right. But Lord, we know our world is changing. Lord, there is much to fear. There is much to be worried by. But Father God, you have provided the antidote. Lord, you're going to make the world better, Lord, to live in. But that comes later. But Lord, you've given us the opportunity to be fortresses in our soul. Because your presence will rest in the heart of each one of us. Father God, for those of us who are Christians this morning, may we dwell on your word and take being a Christian seriously. So that we can make a difference seriously. And for those of us here that don't know you, and that maybe this doesn't make any sense, I don't know. But Father God, may you just open their heart. This life is so short, we always say it. But Lord, there is a hope that goes beyond even the grave. And may they be brave enough to take a look at that with both eyes. So Lord, we just commit this to you. And ask that you would use your, these words for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen.